Nice. So welcome to the Looking Cast. Today we have a very special guest, long-term SHL veteran defenseman, future first ballot Hall of Famer, Alonzo Garbanzo. Did I pronounce the last name right? Is it Garbanzo? It's Garbanzo, like the Garbanzo bean. Yeah, Garbanzo. that's what I was okay. thinking. Okay, cool. That is the bean. Well, welcome to the show, and thanks for thanks for joining us. We're really excited to have you, and got yeah. a, a lineup of questions. Uh, today's episode, we want to look at your guys, your players' very long career, um, sort of go through the story of him, and then hear your perspective on things around the legacy score, um, even just about building a legacy in the SHL, becoming part of the SHL history, what that's like, um, about regression, your thoughts on that. It's uh, it's a bit of a hot topic, and it's something that you would have a lot of insight to being someone who's dealt with regression for a long time, and any other odds and ends things that come up on the episode, which they always do. Our plan is to stay around an hour, but we have said that every episode, and we're always at two. So listeners, keep listening till you get bored, uh, and hopefully we keep you till the end. So, um, yeah. You just want me to start kind of... Uh... With uh, Garbanzo well, in, or yeah, so you know we were, we were looking at Alonzo's uh, career, and we just thought like we'll start from the um, right from the beginning, like coming into the league. Were you a really hyped prospect? Like, did people say, okay, this is the guy who's going to be like a top two, top three pick, or were you sort of a sleeper pick who just kept building, kept developing? Like, how did you start the, in this league? I was um, referred to by uh, the Bodis. He was in a, uh, I think he was in my GM Connected League over at another website. Um, and he just sent me a PM, had, had me come over, and I thought the concept was pretty interesting. And so I, <clears throat> I joined up, and I kind of expected to make a defensive defenseman. And I just did a lot of media, kind of, you know, I was pretty interested, and that's kind of what got me. A lot of interest in my player. I was drafted third overall in the SMJHL draft by Montreal. Um, and then, yeah, I just kept going with it, got more media in, and then I ended up getting drafted second overall. So I was, I was pretty hyped up with all the media that I was putting out. And I joined the updaters pretty quickly, and I became a GM for Montreal pretty quickly, too. So, um, mm-hmm. and that's then kind of good. Yeah, did you when you first entered the league? Did you think that you would be here for what? Like, was it now like two years or something in real lifetime? Um, four years. Four years. Oh my god, that's oh, even wow. longer. Did you think <laughs> you would wild. keep a player for for four years? I didn't really have any expectations because I knew nothing about it. I I had heard of leagues where you create a player and you get drafted in the past, and I thought those were interesting concepts. So I figured that I would be pretty active. I did not think that I would be here this long, and I did not think that um, the first player that I would ever make in this league would be so successful. Yeah. And right. it's still kind of weird to think about because I kind of got really lucky with just the way Garbanzo's career ended up turning out. Yeah, you had, what is this now, 22 seasons in Minnesota since you've... Is it season 21 was your rookie season, according to the Bojo box here? I'm curious, having been with one team for so long, there's, there's rebuilds, there's periods of being cup contenders, there's periods of locker room conflict. 
if you were to write uh, a short narrative if you were about what Minnesota went through from the time you got there till now, what's sort of been Minnesota's story? Because you would probably be sort of best equipped to be able to tell what it's been. I'm guessing you're probably the only person who's consistently been on Minnesota since season 21, right? Yeah, I'm the only person from season 21 or even season like probably season 30. I, I'm trying to think of who our veterans are, but like Flacco was not originally from Minnesota. Hmm. Um, we had Sarantez for a while, but then he, we traded him to Portland to win a cup because we were in a rebuilding stage. Um, yeah. Yeah. So walk us through that. What's that? Sorry. It was for, for, yeah, good. Yeah. So what, what was it? Can you tell us sort of the story of the, of Minnesota from season 21 to now, like the different periods they've gone through and how it's evolved as a team? I think that Minnesota has been pretty, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about because Minnesota from season 21 to season 39, when we ended up winning the cup, we had not, we never passed the second round. We never made it to the finals. And there was a lot of times where we would get like over, like uh, we'd get upset by a, a, like a worse team on paper, at least. And that was kind of like Minnesota's story up until then is we couldn't hack it in the playoffs. And I kind of, you know, took that to heart because Garbanzo was kind of the MVP of the team for a long time. Hmm. Um, and I think it just took the right management. I think um, when Baylor took over, there was just a completely different direction for the team. And so now Minnesota, I would think, is a team that when they make the playoffs, they're, they can be a contender like every season. And they're not really considered chokers anymore, which is kind of a nice change of pace. Nice. Was there any periods where you thought, you know, like, you know what, maybe this is it for me in Minnesota? Like, maybe it's a locker room thing. Maybe it's the team is rebuilding and you're still in your prime. Did you ever seriously consider leaving? Leaving Minnesota? No. I, um, I'm kind of a loyal person at heart. And I, I would just feel kind of weird about leaving Minnesota. It's kind of like my home. I was drafted here. Um, JT, who's no longer here, was really big on me. Um, Pedro, like, is a good friend of mine on the site who was there. Um, and then I became a GM. I kind of tried to mold the team the way I could, the best way I could. We ended up getting, uh, Baylor Swift. I don't know if I was GM for that. It's been a while. He's been on the team for quite a while, but just the fact that I have such a history with Minnesota and I like the idea of Garbanzo being a one team player. I just don't really have much. Yeah. And then kind of along those lines what kind of locker like because you've been through times in which it's only when the locker room's only been on the forums and locker room that got switched over to discord so like how has the locker room environment changed since you started i think it it hasn't really changed in terms of activity i think there's actually a little bit more activity on discord because people can just like type in anything and it really it's like whatever you just you know kind of join the activity yeah whereas with the forums you kind of like have to have something to talk about you don't just say random crap and it just doesn't translate as well so i think as much as people don't like the fact that the activity is not so much on the forum as much as it is on discord it's beneficial because at the end of the day we want people in the league we want players we want active players and as long as the discord has a connection to the forum I think that's a net positive for the league as a whole. And I think, uh, but, yeah. Go ahead. 
yeah, that's good to hear, though, because you've been through locker room on Discord and locker room and on the site. So it's always good to hear that kind of perspective. Yeah. And on this uh, topic of, of relationships, one thing that, uh, sorry, I know we're, we're jumping around a little bit, but we have so many things we've been curious about. We're sitting there thinking of questions and we're like, oh, we want to know about this. We want to know about that. Uh, so if you want to spend any more time on one of them, just you know, feel free to slow us down. But having been here for a long time and through all these different careers, uh, sorry, through all these different uh, team sort of Minnesota's had these different players have come in and out. Everyone builds relationships, builds friendships with some players, but you also have guys who sort of will rub you the wrong way. And from my limited time here, I've noticed that you sort of avoid, you're not like very brazen, you don't really get involved in conflict, uh, but you state your opinion and you're, you're pretty firm about it. Like you're not one to from shy away from saying what you think. What's your relationship like with the other long-standing players in this league? So you've been in the same website on the same forum with some of these guys now for four years. What's your relationship like with, like, I, I know Essa's someone who's been here for a while. I know Raymond, someone who's been here for a while. And then there's other guys who've, like, recreated a few times who've been here for a while. What's, your, what's the relationship dynamics like among some of these longer-standing guys? You know, I don't have that much of a relationship with most of those guys. Um, Steelhead mm -hmm. has been on Calgary for what his entire career, I think. Um, yeah. and so is Raymond, as far as I'm aware. Um, and those guys, like I really haven't had much interaction with because we've been on separate teams, like the entirety of our careers. And <clears throat> other than our players, you know, being pretty close in the points race, there's not really much of a discussion. Um, I'm, I think, I don't know. I, I've had a couple arguments with steelhead in the past, but they've always been pretty, pretty low key, like no, like nothing, um, too aggressive. The only person in the entire forum that's currently active right now that I've had any kind of issues so, with. Oh, uh, okay, so, uh, your mic's breaking up just a little bit. Is it, uh, do you know where the sensitivity is? Maybe if you turned, turned up the sensitivity or turned down the sensitivity, you're starting uh, to break up a little bit. Is it working better right now or I don't know oh, yeah. a bit closer. Okay. Yeah, this that's is much great. Better. Yeah. yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, I turned down the sensitivity because of the echo, um, but I just brought it closer, oh, so now okay. I get more of my actual voice. Oh, oh nice. yeah, yeah, no, it now, sounds now great. It's perfect. Yeah, no, it's okay. perfect. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so you just lost a little bit at the end of what you said. Um, you mentioned uh, you and and Steelhead had gotten into a couple fights, but it wasn't so heated or something. Uh, it was never a, a fight. It was just arguments on like uh, like policy with the league and how the league was going. It was always just kind of like I really disagree with what you're saying. It was never like, I don't like you as a person. Um, right. There's only yeah. one person on the forums. I'm not going to say his name because he knows who he is that I've had like headbutts in with the past. Um, and I personally don't know where it came from. Um, it's probably mm -hmm. just, I probably said something that I shouldn't have said. And he just, you know, it's kind of rubbed him the wrong way. Um, and I don't, I don't dislike the person. I think they're a really good contributor to the league. So it kind of sucks that he seems to dislike me, but, um, uh, you know, I think that's really the only controversy I've had with current members, at least. I see. So you've had some members leave that you might have had some issues with. Is this the uh, infamous, is it Gorlab? Is that his name? Yeah, Gorlab, <laughs> Gorlab's kind of a dick. Yeah, Gorlab. Um, he was never afraid to give his, give his opinion on things. Um, he hated Texas. He hated anybody from season 20 and above 
because he was a season mm. 18 player. Um, funny enough, after he left the league, his uh, player Jalopsky or Jalofsky or something like that, he that was the first cup that Calgary had won in like the modern era, and he wasn't even around for it. Huh. Which I thought was kind of ironic that like he never got to like personally experience a cup win when he was on the SHL. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't really please everyone and uh, people won't really like some people won't like you. It's just like the way it is. Yeah, um, I mean, but it's, moving on. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. But moving on to the next question. Um, so when you first entered the league, how did you decide your name? Um, I had a couple names thought out. Um, <clears throat> Alonzo was like the first name, like the, the first name that I was thinking of. Like I, that would kind of was there from the beginning. I just wasn't sure of the last name. Yeah. And I wanted to think of something Italian because I am Italian and I kind of wanted to bring that to the league, which kind of like went by the wayside. Cause I never talk about it ever. Mm. Um, and so Garbanzo sounded pretty Italian and it was based on a bean. So I was like, yeah, that's kind of funny. So I'll go for it. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that like, you know, that was kind of a well enough known name that it wouldn't get misspelled, but people misspell it all the time, which I uh, yeah. still do not understand to this day because it's a well-known word. I had um, thought your player page had misspelled it. That's where I, I would have sworn I copied it from your roster page, but maybe I must not have. Because I went to check it again and it's spelled fine. But I thought, because I copy and I have this like code that I run that just like copies all the, the titles of every thread of a roster page and puts them in one file to make mm -hmm. sorting TP easier. And I, when I posted the thread, you mentioned that I spelled your name wrong. And I was thinking, what? Unless it's like autocorrect. And maybe that's what's happening. Like it's, uh, is maybe. it a common misspelling? Does, does everyone misspell it the same way? Um, I don't think everybody. It's just, I think the fact that people misspell it at all, I think I've had like four or five instances over the last like year where someone's misspelled the name. And every so time I always answer, it's Garbanzo with an A. Because <laughs> it's just like, I, I just get confused. That's like, I don't like hate, like I'm not mad at anybody, but it's just like right. kind of perplexing is all. Right, right. Maybe it could be like the endings are similar. Like you have the O-N-Z-O on Alonzo. So people should assume like, because it sort of rhymes, it's... That's, that's probably the simplest explanation that probably makes the most sense. Yeah. So how much gas does your guy have left in the tank? Like, is that confidential information? Can we know? Like, do you know what season he's going to be retiring, calling you quits? I have gone back and forth on this. Um, my opinion is if your player can't really hack it, like if he's just like a, a lowly depth player that gets like maybe 20 points a season, then it's about time to leave. I pack it in. And I think that with Garbanzo, after the season he had last year, he only scored like 23, 24 points. Um, it's getting to the point where, you know, if you have another season like that, there's no reason to be in the league. You got to switch it up. I'm not going to be one of those players that sticks around forever trying to get that thousand points mark because that's, it's kind of important, but not at the expense of me just mitigating the impact of getting to that milestone. Mm -hmm. Because right now, anybody can get to 1,000 points if they stick around long enough. Right. Um, and I, I told Minnesota, I don't have a set date when I'm going to um, retire, but I told Minnesota in a kind of a jokey, kind of a serious way um, today, actually, that um, if I don't have 20 points by the deadline, 
that I might just call it quits, like after the deadline. Oh, wow. Play another season. Wow. Oh, wow. That I'm is not... a hot off the press info <laughs> we can only get from listening that's... to the Luke and Cast. Yeah, that's, that's not confirmed. <laughs> that's just something oh. that I thought, and I'm, I'll definitely be tempted to retire if that's the case, because if I don't hit 20 points by the deadline, I won't hit 30 by the end of the season. Um, right. And if I don't hit 30 again, if it's two seasons with 20 points, that's, I haven't scored 20, 30, fewer than 30 points since, I think, my sophomore season. Mm. Um, yeah, because I'm just looking at the Bojo box, and it's always above 30 or 40 even, constantly. And then not for the last two uh, seasons because Bojo didn't update it yet. But, like, TPE-wise, like, you're at 880, according to your roster page. Like, that's, that's a solid defenseman. That's not a... Like, you're not, they're not doing you any charity by playing you, right? Like, you, could, you can contribute on a decent number of teams in the league right now. Right. Um, the problem is, though, like, I kind of want to be like Nicholas Lidstrom and, like, you have, like, a high standard for yourself, and if you can't meet that standard, then you don't want right. to uh, sully your own reputation. Yeah, and then yeah. I guess from that, where where's your role in Minnesota over the years? Where's your role been? I mean, like, how has it changed over my yeah. career? Yeah, yes. like you mentioned GMing at some point, I think. Um, just, yeah, the different <laughs> roles you played on that team. Yeah, I started, um, well, I came in second overall after Minnesota had a couple bad seasons in terms of drafting. They made the finals in season 18. And then I think whoever was the general manager, I knew their name before, but I forgot it. Um, they mm-hmm. traded off a bunch of play, uh, picks for players. And then season 19 was like one of the worst Minnesota seasons like ever. Mm-hmm. And then that's how they got, um, oh, who was a defenseman that was the main big deal before them? I don't remember his name, but it was like kind of an American name. He doesn't advantage his player. I don't think he, is here anymore he's on vhl then they got um Sarantes in season 20 and then they got me at second overall in season 21 so i was kind of like there wasn't like a really depth of prospects there's me and Sarantes were kind of like the two guys that were expected to lead the charge so from the beginning i was kind of given a big role like i was a mm-hmm. top four defenseman my rookie year which you can't get as a true rookie anymore because of how high of a TP number you have to have to compete. Yeah, because back then there wasn't like people at like 2000 TPE that you need to compete against in the top two lines. Right, and the update skill was a lot more generous. Yeah. So you could be an elite player at 1000 TPE, which now you have to be like 1500 or so to be like considered elite. Right. Yeah, you're um, also breaking up a little bit again. Uh, damn it. Um... I just put the mic like right in front of my face here. Right. Um, Sounds good. I, I think it's because I'm turning towards the monitor, looking at the stats here for the minute. The oh, Chiefs. probably. Uh, yeah. um, but uh, season 25, I joined as a GM, and that's kind of like where I tried to mold the Minnesota Chiefs in the west, best way I thought possible. Um, we had some okay seasons, um, and then we brought on Baylor, and I kind of went back to being like you know player and a captain, and. I think up until recently, I've been kind of like the head honcho of at the table, but with guys um, kind of coming up in the in the wings of recent years, I think I'm 
more of like a role guy who just is a veteran and like is a well-known commodity and i'm okay with that yeah as long as like, I mean, right now like because i've only won one cup i'm kind of more interested in the team awards like i've won enough individual awards for anybody that i don't really worry about that as much anymore um right. so as, you know if we can get some more team success going then you know i'll be happy for the guys on the team right actually so a question about this uh team success versus player success um we were really curious about, so you designed the legacy score system. Is that correct? Like that was sort of your project? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, yeah. Go ahead. So how did this, like what, what sparked this? Why, why have you put so much, because like, you put a lot of time and a lot of effort into enriching the league history. Um, and where does your inspiration for that come from? And how did you come up with the legacy score? So... I started this out because for selfish reasons because I, I won a couple Stevens trophies. I got a Mexico. Um, I was an all-star for a few seasons, and I was like thinking to myself, there's not really any way for people to check how they do relative to other players. Um, and I thought that that'd be a great addition to the league and kind of like the TSN's top 50 that they do every year, yeah. but more of like a legacy version of that. Um, or not TSN, the hockey news. Um, Right. So that's what kind of inspired me to do this. And as far as the legacy score is concerned, it's kind of a judgment call. I've invited people over time to put their make, give their input on how the points are distributed. But I think overall, I I think it's a solid point system. Um, I mean, I'm, you guys might have issues with it, but I mean, I'd be happy to hear about them because. Um, I don't really, there's not many people who like discuss that issue or, or argue with it. And I think if there are more people who gave their input, it would do better for the legacy score as a whole. Yeah. Cause I'm a person who really loves like looking into the history of things and like finding out who's like the best player and stuff. And like just the brief time that I had to look over the legacy system, it looks like, it looks like a solid system. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it might not be perfect, but I think at least it kind of gives you an idea of where you're, where a player is roughly compared to everybody else. Like, I mean, it's not going to be perfect. I'm sure there's going to be people who are like, oh, you know, Jason Dew shouldn't be above Willie Weber. You know, he only had 510 games played compared to Weber's 100 or 10, 1,015. But I mean, <clears throat> the specifics like that aren't, you know, aren't going to bother me as long as players are roughly in the place that they should be and right. at the end of the day it's all up to interpretation so yeah then who's number one in the legacy scale then for the legacy scores ron mexico stands alone at 1655 um which is pretty incredible considering he was one of the first players ever um, that he that he stands up top. I can actually um, give you the top ten because I have it posted on the uh, the thread. Nice. Um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, Ron Mexico is up top with sixteen fifty five. Um, Vlad Mixerl is second with sixteen eighteen. Then you have uh, Loris Prickolis, goaltender uh, from season thirteen at fifteen seventy two. 
you have season 10 defender Chris Partlow at 1506. And tied with him is season 13 goaltender Jakub Adikalio with 1506 mm. as well. Um, Joe McKeel is 1449. Then you got me um, at 1405. Uh, John McBride, a goalie at 1396. Um, season one goalie, Ryan Jester at 1382. Yeah. And season eight center, Taylor McDavid at 1365. Yeah. Actually, one question I've had about the legacy score, and I, I, I don't have a, an answer for how you could even do this, but hypothetically, let's say someone is a, is a solid player. They have, you know, they, they put up 20 seasons. They score, they're like, you know, top 30 to 20 range in scoring every single season and they finish like top 20 goals all time someone like um like a milan hayduk let's say or um i don't know like just someone in the nhl who's consistently good patrick Ilyas, but never had uh, a lot of award or t- took home a lot of hardware the legacy score as far as i understand wouldn't recognize players like that right it's it's based on it's mostly a, a waiting system that depends on the trophies you've won. It's primarily based on trophies and all-star selections. Um, okay. You get a half point for every point that you score. So if you're in the top oh. 20 in goals, you'll get a decent chunk of points uh, just for, for that in points. Okay. Um, and as long as you get any kind of all-star selection or maybe you are nominated for an award, you'll be on the list. Um, Interesting. And I, oh, okay. And I think it would be very unlikely for somebody to get to have a really strong legacy and score a lot of points without getting some kind of all-star selection or trophy nomination. Right. Something down the road. That makes sense. There's also an idea. I forget who I was talking to about this, but they thought it, w- it would have to be separate. It, it's fairly different than legacy score. But if we took our current fantasy score system and made sort of like your all-time career fantasy stats um ranking because fantasy stats i think their goal is to sort of put a numerical value for impact of the player in the sim so if you have like a career fantasy score it would sort of be like your your player's career impact in sim what are your like what are your thoughts on a system like that not to obviously not to replace the legacy score but it's something else do you see any like sort of inherent flaws in that or um I don't think there'd be any flaws in the system itself. I think the flaw is implementing such a system because unless the, the fantasy guys have some automated deal that they work with, I'm, I'm not familiar with how that process is because I haven't been in fantasy for at least 10 seasons. Mm. Um, I, I would love to see something like that. And if it replaced the legacy score, if you in, like added, like combined the two, I think that'd be fantastic. And I would be totally okay with, um, you know, replacing my system with that one interesting well two people that could really help it at least take a step forward if they're listening actually bojo i know, I know he's not listening he's too busy right now uh with life but abigail if abigail also, we haven't recorded it yet yeah that's right <laughs> um so no no one's currently listening um but if because bojo hasn't updated like he, he compiles the career stats and ava has um a program where he just puts the career stats in and gives you the score. So instead of just putting in the season stats, he could put the career stats into that uh, file and then pretty easily get uh, a career-wide fantasy score if Bojo updates the, uh, the Bojo box. 
So we could, that'd be interesting to see. I'm, I'd actually be very curious to be like, okay, who is the all-time fantasy score leader? That'd be definitely something worth, worth looking into because I would, I would love to see something like that. There, I feel like there's not enough, like, analysis of, like, our history and, like, as a, as a league. And if we have more of that stuff, I think it'll, like, incentivize people to kind of, like, look back and become, like, more ingrained in the in the league and kind of, like, what came before and who to compare yourself to. Because when I started out, I had no idea. I was not aware of who Chris Partlow was or Darian Sherbrook or Ron Mexico or, or any of those old guys because <clears throat> there really wasn't any kind of system to quickly look and see, like, you know, who's the best of the best at the moment. All you could look at was, like, the Hall of Fame. And maybe if you want, if you had time to look through, like, the awards over the last however many seasons that, you know, you want. Um, and that's kind of why I did the legacy, or the League of Accomplished Players deal, was to you know give nice. somebody an easy, quick resource to look at you know what league you're, what you're looking into, and who, what player do you want to be? Yeah, because like everyone knows, like the the Wayne Gretzky of hockey, or for like the Raw Mexico of the SHL, but people don't really know like the mid tier, good, really good people are, I guess. Right. Right. And then in terms of, so obviously this doesn't show itself in the legacy score, but I've heard a lot of people, actually I shouldn't say a lot, I've heard a decent amount of people say that they want to stick with the team they're drafted with for their whole career, for life. Where do you think this, is this like a legacy thing? Like people think like that'll contribute to like I'll be remembered as part of this franchise. Where do you think that comes from? And also do you think that type of commitment and loyalty is inherently good or bad for the league, or or neither? Um, I think it, it could be a range of factors. Um, for mine, there was there was like I said before, it was I have a sense of of loyalty, and um, Minnesota kind of felt like my home. I think for other people, I think there'd be a sense of like not wanting to get involved in controversy, you mm. know, because once you join free agency, you don't want to be a dick and like, oh yeah, see you later, you know, I'm you know, you guys aren't getting anything from me, um. You know, you drafted me. You put all this time in me, and now I'm I'm heading to another team. Um, mm. I think others. There's the idea of like playing for one team your whole career, and like you being like considered the face of that league. I think assuming the league continues on, it's going to be harder and harder for players to just be that because over time, each team's going to have you know their Wayne Gretzky in a sense. Like the Red Wings have like Steve Eiserman and um, you know like. Other, you know, like you got Boston has like Bobby Orr is like kind of yeah. like that's like their best guy. And the more time passes, you get more players that make that standard so much higher. And I think it'll de incentivize players to stay in the teams they're at. Right. And um, I think overall, just people just like to stay where they're at. They don't like feel any need to change the way things are as long as, you know, things are okay. Sure. Yeah, because the league has never... As, actually, I guess this sort of transitions to our next question, but the league hasn't really had like a Golden State Warriors kind of or like uh, Edmonton of the 80s where one team has just been so dominant, so stacked that everyone else is like, know you know... what the reason for that is, though? Yeah. Well, yeah. Fucking Simon T's the reason for that. You know, you that's true. Yeah, Simon T. There's, like, there's no possible way. There's too many good players. You can't stack. Because 
we, we tried that with, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's is one thing that I'm no, no. passionate about. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a, Please. it's a blessing and a curse in a way, because when I was GM, me and America tried to do something like this. We tried to stack the roster with a bunch of like really, really good free agents. We made trades, we traded draft picks, we traded uh, prospects and we didn't do anything in the playoffs. And the reason for that is, is that the, the sim has just this randomness to it that allows teams that have a like much a lot worse of a like roster to succeed. And I'm not saying that like our roster was so good. It's just that we had a lot of good talent, but that talent didn't just like create like X amount of in, like percentage for us to do better than other teams. It was just we just had those players, and based on the sim it doesn't really bear out this the way you think. And I think that yeah. the randomness is, is good. The randomness is good for the league. Um, because anybody can win. You make the playoffs, you have a good chance. Yeah. But, and know, it's like, there's more of an underdog type of situation. Right. And as long as Simon T exists, you will never get a golden state situation because there's no incentive to do that. Right. Yeah, because then in the end, you just kind of ruin your team if you try to go all in for a couple seasons. Right. That's what why what Baylor did as GM to start out with was good for Minnesota because he was patient. He didn't trade draft picks. He, you know, tried to get more draft picks, kept the prospects we had, tried to cultivate a type of community. And that's what led to the season 39 and season 40 seasons where we, we won the cup and then made it to the finals the next year. Um, yes. And I think that's what a lot of teams do now. Like that's how Calgary is so successful. Like before season, before their first cup, they were considered a joke because they never won the cup. And hmm. for some reason they just couldn't win. They just would fail. They'd lose to Texas, but then what they did like towards the end of that drought, they, <clears throat> You know, they just settled down. They got a bunch of good draft picks. They got Asa, who has been a godsend for that team. I mean, you score almost a thousand points. Like that's, you know, pretty valuable for one draft pick. And they got a bunch of guys. They developed a locker room and they have one of the most passionate locker rooms and passionate teams in the league. And they've won five cups since their drought ended. Um, And I think that's kind of the the blueprint that other teams need to focus on because as long as you're patient, good things will happen for you. So I'll post it in the, the channel. We have uh, each team and how many cups they've won. And so uh, we've had 42 challenge cups have been hung, uh, handed out. And if you do this in the NHL or in the NBA, especially in the NBA, it's much more dominant. And, I agree. Simon T is, is incredibly volatile. Like I, you never know what you're going to get from Simon T. But yet somehow there's these three teams, the Dragons with seven cups, the Blizzard with six, two of which were with the Comets, and the Jets with five. I picked these three because these three combined um, have won 18 cups of the 42, which is 43%. So almost half of every cup that's been handed out in the SHL has gone to the three Western Canadian teams. How has this been the case? Like, how have these three teams sort of risen ahead of the pact? Like, the Stampede and the Pride, okay, they're new, they're expansion teams. The Riot were an expansion team. 
Uh, I don't know who else has been expansion teams, but I guess it makes sense they have zero or one cups. Um, but how have these three been so dominant when, like, the stars who have been here from the start have won one cup? Um, I think the simplest answer would be management. Now, I mentioned that Simon T has a very random sim. I'm not going to say that it's 100% random, where, like, no matter what you do, it's just the cards are going to lay where they lay. Um, especially with the Dragons, the, the last five cups, because they were, before this drought ended, they had two. So they would be with the Panthers and the Stars and the Riot. The Stars wouldn't even have had a cup at that point. Um, and I think that's really all it takes to become, you know, one of the best winners is great management. And credit where credit's due, the Dragons and the Blizzard and the Jets have had great management teams. They've known who to pick. They've developed a really great system. I mean, if you talk about either any three of those teams, like their locker room will be a huge reason why they've been so successful. Um, right. I don't know as much about the Jets because most of their cups, I think they've won one or two in recent years. Um, most of their cups were from previous years. Um, but I would have to assume that it's just really great management and great work with the lines and the roster. Um, and I think a lot of that is just, you know, maybe maybe it is luck. Maybe they've just been really lucky and they've picked the right players and made the right line combinations. It just happened to win 18 of the 42 Cups as a, as a whole. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting to look into. Sorry, go ahead, Luke. Yeah, because, like, with Simon T, you can see that even, like, the worst teams can still do good. Like, in the beginning of the season, San Francisco was winning like half their games, which was very surprising. So I could imagine seeing more, like, not really like worse teams, but like teams that weren't as good winning the Cups. So it's kind of weird seeing how like half the Cups are going towards just three people. Yeah. Right. And, and I would say, like, yeah. just because all these, sorry, not to. Um, no, please go ahead. Real discussion. I would say that the reason I say management is a huge factor because I don't think these Dragons, Blizzards, and Jets teams were like far and away the best teams on paper. I think they had a lot of good pieces and they knew how to do, like utilize those pieces. That's why Minnesota was so successful, like in that the late 30s era, because. You know, we didn't have the highest TPE overall. We didn't have, like, the most elite players. But, you know, Baylor and company, they figured out ways to get that team, to get the most out of that out of that team. And um, I think, you know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to look back and see how these teams have done. Because I was wondering, if, if there's a culture, which there seems to generally be a culture of, you get drafted to your team, and you sort of want to stick there for a while. Is it, is it too reductionistic to say that the Dragons, Blizzards, and Jets have been the best teams because they've had the best scouting? I guess my question would be, define best teams. Because like, you're talking about like over time, over like the history right. of the league. Yeah, that's true. We definitely have... Um... I'm I'm just basing it on cups. Um, I haven't, you know, there's a lot of teams that have been consistently good for a period, and they don't have any hardware to show for it. So, that's true. That's a difficult question, because, like, all I'm able to look at right now is the cups. Um, 
Yeah. As far as franchises, I mean, it's hard to vote. It's hard to go against the cup cups because that's the end goal as a team. You want to win as many cups as you can. So if you win the most cups, theoretically, you're you know you one of the best franchises. It's like, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I really can't I answer mean, that question, unfortunately. Right. Like at least with like with enough knowledge to be sure of my answer. Yeah. And then how much is um, these teams that are being assembled, the teams that go from being good to great in, in your time you've been here, you've mentioned free agency before. How much does free agent movement have to do between teams becoming very good teams? Or is that not really a, a significant factor in the SHL? Over time, I don't think I've seen many teams become great just because of a free agency signing. I've seen the opposite as a team that is good get completely just destroyed because of a free agency signing going the other way. Mm. So I think it's the free agent market has more of a net negative than positive in that because if you're a team that can win the cup, that one free agency signing is not going to be like make or break necessarily. I think over time it'll, you know, probably be a big reason why you won, but you're not going to go from like good team to like, Oh yeah, you're definitely going to win the cup. Now you're going to be from team that can definitely win the cup to team that can also definitely win the cup. And in this instance, you happen to win the cup, like Minnesota signed a bunch of free agents, you know, in the mid uh, season twenties and early season thirties didn't win a cup we've lost players and it's, you know, hurt the development over time. And I think especially with the recent free agent market where, um, Oh, who did we lose? We lost somebody to free agency. Um, they signed with Calgary, I think. But so I think um, we're, uh, it's getting a little bit choppy again. Not sure if the microphone. Moves sorry, I'm moving my head way too much. Cause I got two screens here. Oh no, um, no worries. Yeah. We lost um, a defenseman to free agency. I forgot the name because they're dead to me now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me just check the Jaguars roster because I know we lost somebody to to Calgary. Or did we? Yeah, Shirobokov we lost to free agency this last season. Mm. Um, which is kind of ironic because Calgary's like right on that bubble. Like they could miss the playoffs and yeah. we're actually pretty comfortable. Um, so I guess that kind of defeats my entire argument, like free agency (laughs) could be good or bad or nothing. Like, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, I I think, think, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I, I'm rambling at this point. (laughs) It's fine. That's what we do on the cast. To be honest, it's a lot of some, for some reason people like to listen to it though. So yeah, but like the the problem is, sorry, just one last thing. It's fine. The problem with me rambling is because I don't want this to be too like me centric because I like I think podcasts are better when like one person isn't isn't the highlight as much as much as like Garbanzo is like probably the most interesting player in the SHL. Um he I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to dominate the conversation too much and then sure. get people bored because oh yeah, we get it. Garbanzo's great. Shut up. Like let the other people talk. <laughs> That's nice uh Especially this analysis, like team. I think a lot of the new guys were, were interested in history, interested in player history, interested in, uh, you know, h- how people stay committed to the league for so long. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, 
And then what I also want to add, I think because Simon T is the way that it is, free agency isn't as effective because you don't have like a person like John Tavares moving to another team and then that team getting even better because of it. Right, like with the Red Wings, you had like um, Brian Rafalski in 2008 signed as a free agent and then the Red Wings won the cup that next season because they were able to get a specific player to play alongside Nicholas Lindstrom. But with Simon T, you just kind of throw your players in the combinations you think work. But then, like, the roster that you start with and the line combinations you start with at game one are likely nowhere near the rosters and line combinations you have in game seven of the Challenge Cup finals because you realize that this season, this combination works best. But the next season, it's probably yeah, going to be It's just the different. validity of Simon T. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no better example of a free agent completely changing the landscape with NHL than probably Scott Niedermeyer going to Anaheim. Like, oh, that yeah. was. Anaheim goes from having a meh defense to trading for Pronger and then just getting the most, maybe one of the most dominant defensive pairs we will see in the NHL for, I don't know, maybe if Carlson goes to Tampa and he plays with Hedman, we'll get something like that. Um, I don't know if people actually even remember how insanely good Pronger Niedermeyer was, but yeah, it's hard to imagine something like that happening in the SHL. But then, you know, part of me has been thinking, because, you know, for me, uh, everyone's got their own prerogative. Everyone has something they want to get out of the SHL. They want to get out of their career, out of their player. Um, and just probably the way you're wired. So, I, I, and I don't judge if it's good or bad. For me, it's, it's just cups, really. I, I couldn't care about anything else. Um, I just, it just doesn't really matter to me. There's an awards committee who's going to decide who gets a trophy. Okay, don't give it to me. I couldn't care less. Uh, part of me just wants to come up for the last day of this season, just so I'm out of the rookie of the year race for next season, because I just don't want to even have to think about it. But I was thinking, like, you know, we get our team built up. San Francisco builds from within. And I'll be like, hey, look, right now I might be the number one C. I'm willing to drop to be the number three C. Muerto can be number two C. And we attract a big name free agent to be number one, to take the number one center spot. And we just roll three, like, stack centers down the middle. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, like, so part of me is, is I've been maybe daydreaming too much about the role free agency can take. Because I think in San Fran, we have the pieces that we could build a really good team. Um, and I'm like, just trying to think, okay, what can give us that extra edge? What can take us from being a good team that's going to be, you know, in the cup conversation in six, seven years to a team that is like what Winnipeg is now or what Edmonton is right now or Hamilton, where at the start of the season, everybody pretty much picked one of those three teams to win the cup. You know who will... Bring it to the top. Yeah, like what, like something like a difference maker that uh, could push you over. H how stacked have you seen teams get? Like when you think of like all time, like wow, that team was insane on paper. Like how good has it gotten? Are, are the teams that are at the top right now pretty much it, or has it even been better than this? Like like Winnipeg has some crazy TPE on their roster. Um, but has uh, there been I, even more dominant teams on paper than, than Winnipeg now or like Edmonton now or Hamilton now? I'll answer that question in one second, but you're talking about San Francisco, what they need to get pushed to the top. Yeah. They need a future SMJHL star and future uh, future of the SHL, Pauly Trecotanza, who uh, might be uh, somebody's recreate here. Oh, wow. Is it um, someone that is in this recording? 
it's possible and somebody who made a YouTube video and posted it in the SMJHL media was uh the, oh. the player name though that, that play did you mention your player's name in that video in the video i i title it um with my name Polly trekatanza which is oh yeah that go ahead hello Lu luke oh yeah i was about to say i remember <laughs> watching that video it was great i i love like seeing different type of media like that yeah i because yeah, i to watch yeah, I have the the title of it. It's Polly Trecotanza, which is Polly, which is kind of like a, a name you think of like Italian gangsters. Okay. At least I do. And then Trecotanza, which is Italian for hubris. And the whole point I, is he's going to be like... I understand the name. I did not know that was your player's name. That was the name of that thing. Very cool. Yeah, once I end up like recreating, I'll be more like in depth with it. But uh, <clears throat> I just, you know, that's kind of like, you know, that's who's going to be hopefully the next big star. And once Garbanzo has gone, I'm going to put all my time into that guy. So maybe, hey, maybe he's, he's a, a big draft pick for uh, the pride. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, th do you think true. that you would go first overall? I feel, I feel like that would be like hands down mm -hmm. obvious that you would be first overall. I think as long as I'm still active, then I, I'm definitely a contender. I was second overall with my first player. Um, although I think that, draft class was really top heavy because we had um tommy kreller who won a playoff mvp with manhattan for their cup in season 22 um myself at second overall and i've had a decent career then you had theo kane who has been he's going to be in a uh, first ballot hall of famer um mm -hmm. hunter wong and then wow. um writer klitsam who's currently in the hall of fame right now so um, so tell knows? us more about your new guy. I'm curious because you did defensive defenseman. What, what's the story? What's the deal with with your next player? Score, playmaker, power forward. What what's his deal going to be? As of right now, all I know he's is, is he's going to be a center. Um, I'm thinking he's going to be a sniper. Okay. Just because I'm I don't I Garbanzo to say he hasn't scored a lot of goals in his career is putting it mildly. Like yeah. he's spent, he's played over a thousand games and he's still not first in goals for, and mm -hmm. he has, let me look at the Bojo box for a second. Cause he is really, really high on the assists mark. Yeah. He has almost or over 700 now. He is as From... of right now with season, I think season 41 was the last time this was updated. Mm -hmm. Garbanzo has 696 assists and the second place guy is Joe McKeel with 582. So, uh, so I, I've heard some people though say, I mean, I, I didn't listen to this because I'm, I have a shoot first center, um, but I've heard that sniper centers aren't uh, well liked by Simon T. The Simon T tends to push centers to pass the puck more and push wingers to shoot the puck more, but everyone seems to have their own black magic voodoo understanding of Simon T. Have you also seen this? Like, does there, are you like, you don't seem worried to be making a, a sniper center. Honestly, I don't know. I started Garbanzo being a defensive defenseman, hmm. and now here I am with 900 points, um, third or going to be third all time in points scored. So I have no idea what to expect. I'm probably going to change my player twice before my career's over with uh, Trekatanza. Um, 
So I guess I, I have no idea of what's going to happen where that's concerned. Hmm. Yeah, and then I guess from you saying that you could, from saying that you could be Pride's next uh, big center, you kind of don't have a connection, or like you kind of don't want to get, I mean, no, hold on. You don't mind where you want to go. I only say yeah, you're, not, you're not attached to go back to like Minnesota or something. It doesn't sound like. Yeah, I think that's what as I'm long as Minnesota has me in their Discord, then I'll be okay with not playing there again because I like mm-hmm. the guys. Um, I I don't want to be that guy who just plays for the same team every every year. Like Wasty has been on Los Angeles forever. Forever, yeah. Um, but he's also I, been GM for for forever. Right. Um, <clears throat> either way, I just I just don't. I just feel weird not like branching out and seeing how other locker rooms operate. Right. Because I've been in Montreal's locker room, Sweden's locker room, and Minnesota's locker room. And that's literally it. And right. I'm not gonna say crazy. Being here yeah. for so long in only three locker rooms. Right. And I'm not gonna say it was it's been boring. It's just been like, what am I missing out on? What what is what is San Francisco's locker room like? What is Calgary's locker room like? I would ask what Texas's locker room is like, but I don't really like Texas only by virtue of the fact that like for 10 seasons or so, they pushed this, like we're a family shit. And like, they talked about how great their locker room was compared to everybody else. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. (laughs) I don't hate anybody on the team. It's just like the mentality that like Diener and guys on the team back in the day, framed it kind of like just turned me off from that roster completely and especially since lord vader ditched minnesota for texas and i will never forgive him for that actually it'd be sort of like um because being in the like growing up being an nhl fan you have um you sort of have the gist of the vibe of certain you know teams um it's it's fun to hear like because we don't know the history of these teams could you, it'd be fun to hear you pick out a few teams and just tell us, like, what's generally their image? Like, how are they sort of historically seen on the forums? Like, I've heard Texas used to be sort of the bad boys, um, or they like to think they were. Um, but that's sort of it from what I've heard. Like, teams like West Kendall Platoon, like, what's their story? North Stars, like, uh, the Wolf Pack. What, what are some of the stories of these of these franchises? Um... I mean, if you want, I can go through all the teams and just do like a short phrase for what I perceive all the teams to be. That would That'd be great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the Buffalo Stampede. Um, they're the Internet Explorer of the SHL. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hamilton. A little explanation for that one. I just thought uh, that was a great line. I would love to just hear what you mean by that. My explanation. <laughs> um, Internet Explorer is garbage. And of if course. you're using it, you need to switch to anything else. Well, and no okay, offense to okay. Buffalo, but you haven't won anything. You haven't really had that much team success. And I really want you to win a cup, but right now you're not perceived all that great. You have a great jersey and great logo, but sorry, Internet Explorer is the best metaphor or analogy I can use for you. What okay. what what would be the the like the Chrome or the Firefox? Actually, well, let's let me go through the teams. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, I don't have like another internet analogy. I was just thinking of yeah, like. Yeah, fine. <laughs> It was just funny. Good start. Good start. Yeah, yeah, like, that was a good start, yeah. yeah. Um, Hamilton Steelhawks. Um, keep on going, buddy. Just because I know okay. they're like in a rebuilding season and I have no ill will for them. So, you know, 
and I th- they're rebuilding, aren't they? Or in the, uh... uh, Hamilton, no, I think they're, they're in trying. third place. Yeah, they're trying they, to go for a cup, I think. I think they're okay. a top team. They have made a move. They did get a little bit younger in a recent trade they did. Um, I think they're like, I only know Hamilton a little bit better because of uh, me and Teddy are, are pretty good friends. Uh, I think they're sort of willing to take one step back to take two steps forward whenever they can. Um, but yeah. But they're, okay, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I don't have any ill will. Or the, Hamilton's just kind of like, you know, they're there and they have a good logo and I don't have any issues with them. So they're kind of just like, you know, good for you guys for being here. Um, yeah. Manhattan Rage, please pick a logo. I've had like three logos since I've been here. Okay. And um, I like JY, but just stick with the logo you got. I like it. Just keep, just stay there. You're good. Yeah. Minnesota, um, let's win one more. I'm really sorry if I retire this season. Okay. New England, um, nice. hmm. Who are you even? Ever since Peggy <laughs> left, I have no, I know nothing about this team. Hmm. Um, yeah, you're waking up a little bit too. Okay. <clears throat> I think that yeah, the only name that sort of stands out there to me is like, like I know Evoc. Uh, actually, I, I shouldn't say. I, I, I guess I know some of the draft draftees there, but yeah, I get what you mean. They definitely had their uh, time in the sun with they their lost, three cups in four years. Yeah, they lost somebody to Calgary. I know they have Laukinen, who's like only has Landvik. Although that was a, yeah, I don't. Mackinen is like or Makinen is like the one only person I know at this point, and Fletcher, who's Evox player. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, they almost had another cup. That would have been pretty wild. That would have really moved them up a tier if they could have gotten that fifth cup this last year. Um, Toronto, here's to another drought. <laughs> yeah. Actually, can, can, how did that? Like, what's the story? How does a team go 34 seasons on their 35th season win a cup? Like, was it just management? Was it draft luck? Did they have good teams? Or was this just a team that was, like, consistently bad for as long as you can remember and then finally broke through? Like, wh- what's the story of their drought? I'm going to just let me look something up because I think I have the answer, but I just want to make sure that I have the right information before I say it. Give me two seconds here. And then also on Toronto, they didn't really draft that well this season. The only two notable people that I see getting drafted to Toronto is Mr. Faceoffs and Dank Bosha. And boy, Faceoffs, if you're listening, love you. Toronto, like, through no fault of their management necessarily, it's just kind of like they've been, they kind of come off across as like pants on head incompetent, which (laughs) is unfair. I'm not saying that's what it is. It just is, it's an unfair way to think about it but it's just the way it comes across with the fact that they sucked for years they won the cup and then all of a sudden like all their players are like minus players because they can't get back into the playoffs and become contenders again it's like are you guys just gonna suck again or what um Mm. but i would say mark harder was not going to retire without winning a cup would be the reason Mm. they won that one cup (laughs) okay yeah um it's pure power of will was spoken into existence um, West Kendall, um, I would call them the West Kendall Bojos because that's just Bojo's team. Mm. And ever since I saw him watching my sim of the challenge cup finals two seasons ago in a, uh, Jersey with biscuit on the back of it, that's just, that's their identity now. 
And I think that's great. Yeah, even I haven't been here for very long, and I still sort of associate that team with maybe just because they had just won a cup when I got here, and it seemed like more people were congratulating Bojo than they were congratulating the team on winning. Uh, so that's why I sort of got this vibe, like, okay, this is clearly a this team has a very strong identity with one individual. I think it's just because Bojo's been so passionate about the league, and he's just tied. To, he's just he's a West Kendall platoon guy, just through and through. And I doubt he'll ever play for another team through his entire time here, which is I'm fine with because you know I would it would be weird seeing him in another jersey. Right. Um, Calgary, your logo was ripped off, and I hate how successful you are. Okay, I like it. Very honest. That's a good summary of <laughs> yeah. Calgary. Yeah. Um, Edmonton. It used to be a lot better than I remember, but. I hope you're good again. I honestly, I know nothing about Edmonton lately. Their defense is stacked. Yeah, their defense is just stupid. I think their third pairing has a thousand TP guy on it. Yeah, that's all I know them as as the team with the insane defense. Really sucks. Is honestly like I was semi not semi inactive, but just I didn't care like at all about the league for like six months. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna have my last player, and that'll be it. And it's only like the last month or so I've actually like cared about the league again so a lot of these players i'm like who the hell are you dude what league right. am i even playing that's like, in? that's like three drafts you missed right it, probably in other drafts i only pay attention once they actually score points like it was the problem was is like a lot of my knowledge of the league was based on who was competing with garbanzo for the stevens okay, so i yeah. had a lot of tunnel vision so i'm not really good as far as it, when it comes to knowing a lot of players um yeah. I was just because we mentioned the defense and their their high TP. This is this is the order of their defensemen, roughly in terms of TP: one thousand three hundred sixty-four, one thousand three hundred ninety-four, one thousand three hundred thirty-five, one thousand fifty-two, one thousand one hundred. So it's not perfect order. Just going through it. So they have five defensemen who are eleven hundred TP or above. Three of which are pushing fourteen hundred. So insane. The oldest of which is a season thirty-three. Um, Second wow. oldest is thirty six, so it's still a pretty young core too. So yeah, great or um, Caltrot. I don't. I forget Caltrot's um, player name, but he's supposed to be hitting around two thousand TPE at his peak. Oh, he's on pace for it. Yeah, he's already yeah. eleven hundred a season thirty nine. Pretty impressive. Cool. Okay, on to the next one. LAP. Los Angeles Yeah. Win a fucking cup for Wasi for God's sakes. <laughs> you're gonna love this part having listened to it it kills me man like i remember like probably where i realized how bad it was for la as far as like their luck was playing against i think it was hamilton they lost in seven games and every single one of their losses was in overtime that's rough (laughs) that's like the worst way to lose and then in season 39 they're back in the finals against Minnesota, my team, and I'm having to fight the urge to get like really, really excited because I know that it's probably heartbreak for LA to see them lose again in the finals. Because they've made it to like, I don't know, four or five finals since I've been here and lost every single one. And it's like, God damn it, win the cup, please. It breaks my heart seeing you guys losing the finals all these times. Wasty just keeps on trucking, man. Is it Wasty? Have I been pronouncing day. it wrong all these years? Oh, he I, said I, it is. He said oh, in his podcast. 
Yeah, okay. his latest podcast. He says, oh, crap. I totally forgot what he said. He said he likes being called wasty, but I don't. He says that I don't think he minds other people calling it wasty. I'm not sure. I don't did know why. Just it. Yeah. He did. I just totally forgot. I should um, ask him. Anyways, all right. I, uh, San Francisco, future home for my new player? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> nice. Seattle riots. That's a, a good place. Seattle riots. Yeah, the riots. Um, the name fits the team. It's just, um, it's just madness. No yeah. structure, it seems, on that team. Blame same. That's another one that I mispronounce. I call him Samey. Yeah, it, I switched to Sam or. E as well recently. Uh, who was? I think Eggy. Eggy. Like, I always said same, and then Eggy was like Sammy. I was like, oh, okay. When he joined um, the podcast. Yeah, Seattle just has issues. Um, I don't even know where the last cup was. That was years ago, I think. Yeah, they have one, I know, but that's about it. So then, and then Texas and Winnipeg. Texas is quote unquote family. <laughs> that's all I got for him. That's like what I know of Texas is like their whole family atmosphere, which good for them if that's the case, but I don't know, rubs me the wrong way. And then Winnipeg. Um, sorry, I made fun of your jersey, but seriously, change your jersey. They have like a very like standard yeah. old jersey that's like reminiscent of like the actual NHL team. And mm. I like b- doing the NHL 2004 thing. I just want them to change it so I have something more unique to like show in the sim of that. Yeah. And a lot of Winnipeg Jets Actually, guys no, I- were mad about that. They did not appreciate it. I just realized that we spent this whole time and we talked about so many different topics and we haven't even mentioned the NHL 2004 project. A lot of like new guys, uh, I've definitely been curious about this. What's the story behind that? Like, I've, like we've seen videos posted of like certain games being simmed in, in NHL 2004. Like first of all, why NHL 2004? Um, where did you get the idea to do this? And like, what is it? Is it, do you, do you do this every season? Do you like sim some a few games here and there. Like, what's the story behind NHL 04 and SHL? I don't know exactly where the inspiration came from. I think it was just the. Um, I, I thought about it, like doing this in NHL 2004 for at least a year now before I actually like got into it. Um, I I know NHL 2004 is like one of the most heavily modded NHL games because NHL hasn't been on PC since 2009, mm. and this is one the like NHL 2004 probably has the most potential for getting modded because it's, it's pretty simple. So there's not as many textures you have to change. Um, the system that you have to use is pretty easy to learn and there's a huge community for it. And knowing all that, I figured, you know, that's the best place to start. And I was thinking, I want to see my player and other players actually skating. Like it's the numbers are fine, but there's something different about seeing your player actually score a goal as opposed yeah. to yeah. seeing your name as the goal, like goal scored, whatever. It's like, okay, cool. And I think, <clears throat> and I like, I'm, I mastered in architect or in architecture. And a lot of that is about like, actually like seeing things kind of come together. So I like to draw, I like to create things that you can actually look at. And so this is kind of like another way for me to kind of tickle my creative bone. Um, right. 
and as far as the amount of times I do it, I do it when I can. I do I customize based on like something I'm passionate about. Um, so as of late, since I've kind of done all the jersey or all the teams and had them play against each other, I'm getting into more, um, more, less like simple things. I, I did third jerseys for San Francisco and Hamilton, so it was purple against black, which I thought was kind of a fun okay. little game. Um, if you look at that sim, if you look at the goalie's helmet, it's actually kind of cool. I did a, uh, I put the logo like in the center, but the logo is like cut off in the middle where it's the red logo and the purple logo on the other side, which is actually kind mm -hmm. of a cool contrast. I was actually proud of that. And then next I'm doing Seattle against New England with jerseys from previous teams, which is like the teams that they came from. So Seattle has uh, the Vancouver Nightmare jerseys. Wow, that's oh. actually a good oh, they name. Used, they used to be the Vancouver Nightmare? Yeah. I know Vancouver used to have a team. I didn't know that that was Seattle. Yeah, back in the day. I have their logo. I don't know where their jerseys are, so I just made jerseys up based on what I thought would look good. Oh, cool. Um, and then you have the Hartford Hydras, who were the team that came directly before the New England Wolfpack. And I have those jerseys, so those oh, ones the will actually be true. The Hydra became the Wolfpack? Yes. Oh, so it's cool. yeah, it's an interesting way to kind of like give an idea of like the team's history in like a simple way or a simple way that where people can be like, oh, what's this? And they might be interested in it is all. Cool. So I mean Lou just had to step away for a minute, but uh actually this is a great time now because one of the topics I always like to talk about is graphics, design, jerseys. Um, so I did not know that you had, you know, you were trained as an architect. Um, what what are your thoughts on the San Fran going purple and gold? Um, I linked in our in our channel um, the the concept jerseys that we put together. Um, yeah, thoughts. You can be frank with me. I, um, I do not mind. And actually, let me just sorry. Let me compare and contrast to what you had before. Sure. And also, I'd love um, to hear your thoughts on the on the SHL logo contest. Because uh, Manhattan changed logos since then, Seattle's about to change logos, and New England's changing logos, uh, and San Fran decided to change color schemes um, shortly after that contest. So, your thoughts on the whole, yeah, that the contest and uh, on the on the going the grape and gold? Sure. My one question would be why you're changing the the color scheme. Was it an outside influence, or did you guys just think we needed to change? So, in one of the threads. Um, Actually, so, so it came up in two ways. So one was um, we had in San Francisco when they PM the rookies, they asked them, what do you think about the color scheme was one of the questions that was sent to all the rookies. And apparently a lot of rookies uh, gave feedback being like, hey, it's a little generic. And then in um, the SHL logo contest, someone made a comment that like red, blue, yellow, uh, like a Crayola joke, I think. Like it's like a kid's cartoon. Um, so I think there was some feeling like, you know what, maybe red, blue, and yellow is a little bit, I don't know, cheesy. It's a little, uh, generic. Like it's sort of the three most popular colors. Um, yeah. So maybe nice way to end our podcast together. Talk a little bit about my favorite topic, graphics. I'm terrible at graphics, so I can't really contribute much. I like looking at them. I just, I just don't have the, uh the patience or the skill to draw anything my issue when they were first proposed because i was in the head office at the time mm. they were 
meant to be like almost the same as the Florida Panthers. Right. Um, which as much as I understood the sentiment, I didn't like the similarity because I just wanted it to be, have its own identity. Um, I've grown used to them. And I actually, I mean, I think they're great jerseys and I would not hate keeping them. I like the purple and I like the, the, the gold. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a great transition. Um, from what you had to what you have now. Cause it's like, you know, kind of like a, like royalty with the King and the, you know, line or whatever. Um, I almost wish you took your alternate and just made that your home Jersey. Cause I like having the, the big bar in the center. Mm. Um, I don't hate the ones that, um, are being proposed. Um, but I, I, I think I like the, the third Jersey that you came out with recently a little bit better just because of the uniqueness of them with the purple. Right. Cool. Good. And then which, um, which team do you think needs to, if you had to pick three teams to change their logo, good, good uh, closing question. Cause I, we did it again. I was telling myself, I'm going to keep an eye on the time. We're at an hour and 20 minutes almost. So um, wrap it up with three teams. You think should change up their logo and in what way should they change it up? <clears throat> three teams so seattle you said and new england you said are already getting their logos changed yeah seattle is uh they got one they like from the from this current logo contest i uh, i don't know what they'll eventually announce it and then new england's going to be the next team up on the logo contest and i know they already have one that they're open to changing too so they're definitely going to change but it might be to, to something that comes up from this logo contest so but I mean, and you could, I don't know, if you really think they're the ones, you can, you can mention them or you can pick. Well, I'll just leave them out because they're kind of like going to have different logos. I'm not terribly worried. Um, I'm going to have a, a couple hot takes here. Um, the first logo would probably be Calgary, just because as much as I don't hate the logo, it's it's been used. It's another team uses it. I've, I actually saw the Calgary Dragons logo not in that exact way at a toy store, at a Toys R Us, actually. Oh wow! <laughs> and it was like a card. It was like a card thing or something like that, and it had that the dragon on it. It was like dragon something games. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's just been too cop. It's just been copied enough that it lost its like uniqueness. Yeah, yeah if you're the like, guy who made that logo, you must feel pretty good about yourself. You're like, man, everyone is using my. I mean, SHL could, or, or my oh, dragon logo. He could problem- also just be pissed off because you know he doesn't get any money from it. Exactly, he's not yeah, getting royalties. So what? What? good is that if you know nobody's paying you money for it um right. so that would be my first one like get some kind of dragon that's a little bit cleaner and you know kind of like edmonton edmonton did a really great rebrand and they kind of you know simplified everything and it's a really slick design right. um so we got calgary i would say winnipeg although everybody says winnipeg but i just think you know it's a little bit busy I don't hate it, but with all the with all the logos that I think we have a lot of great logos on this league. Um, that's one that I think, you know, it'd be good to change it up. And then this will be a hot take, but Minnesota. Oh wow. And why do you say that? Well, the main reason is I actually kind of like I'm looking for more of a rebrand in general. Mm. Because it's like Minnesota Chief, it's like a Native American deal, and like I get that it's from like it's like inspired kind of like by the Blackhawks, but you know, I would not hate to have that rebranded, especially when uh, Zach Evans called it like, oh, I don't even remember what he called it. Let me see if I can find it in the Thunderdome. Because he, he did a pretty you, solid yeah. burn 
and I was like, because he was talking about like, about it being kind of like a racist deal. It's like it's not racist, but it's like kind of stereotypical, like chiefs and turning like the Native American people into like a mascot, which is a little bit of a a you know bad touch for this day and age. Um, I've I've actually mentioned this in the Discord for Minnesota, and I get like shot down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can, I can imagine having especially a long-standing member say it that must be a, a interesting to see people's response to that yeah yeah i don't I, my my uh veteranship does not have any clout in the in that in the discord when it comes to that so that's fair i mean it's like it. oh. the redskins like people like it's not it's not as bad as the redskins like washington's got like a whole new level of like that's that's quite an issue but I, I can see why you'd want to, uh, yeah, change it up. Something maybe a bit more politically yeah. appropriate in uh, in the modern age. If you, if off the top of your head, if you had the one sole power to change the name, what name would you would you give Minnesota? Um, something like the Loggers or the Lumberjacks or something like that. Something that has to do with like Minnesota's logging history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here's what Zach that. Evans had to say about my logo. This was when I was bashing Winnipeg's jerseys. Oh, he was okay. like, out of curiosity, when would Minnesota update from slightly more racist Minnesota Wild? Nice. nice. I, thought that was, I thought that was a pretty solid uh, response. So, Yeah. Yeah, Lumberjacks, I've, I think you could do it well. Like, you got the – it's funny. I used to I, – I really like the logo of Vikings. I think Vikings make for a great team mascot. And like uh, I was just looking at some of the lumberjack logos online. Similar idea. You got some kind of like hat slash helmet and then a long beard. So the head part of a Viking and a lumberjack isn't so different. So we have sort of similar taste there. But for different reasons. It has to be a team on the shore. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to be changing any team's names anytime soon. Uh, but yeah. Let's change San Francisco. Yeah. The San yeah, Francisco. I think, right uh, now. Yeah. Okay. We've decided. Three votes, two rookies, and a member of a different team. I think that's enough weight to... Uh, I, I to think so, down, right? Yeah. <laughs> the San Francisco Vikings. I mean, they're on the water. Vikings use water. It's, it's practically, practically works. It's, it's the same, you know? Just different and then codes. We'll, we'll steal your name and all your logo and branding. Sounds good. Yeah. You guys can take the Minnesota pride. pride. There's lions in Minnesota, right? Totally. Yeah. I had to look that up. I was, I was actually surprised. There's actually lions in San Francisco. I did not know that. I was thinking, you know, what a random name. Oh. If you Google San you Francisco mean, like, lions, lions? There's mount, yeah, there's mountain lions yeah. all out all around Those San Francisco. Those don't count though. Yeah. Those are different lions. They're not no. like lions. Yeah, there's That's mountain true. lions like pumas. There's or a lot like of lions in Texas. I know that. Like yeah, actual it's... lions. Yeah, these are. It's true. These are just mountain lions. <laughs> yeah, they don't I don't know. There's actual lions. actual lions in Texas. Yeah, they're yeah they're on, they're on ranches. Oh, I mean, like we have we have lions up in a kitchen in Waterloo. We have this thing called the African Lion Safari, and you can come check out some lions. No, they're like private citizens oh, having yeah, a bunch of cougars. lions. They're not real lions. In Texas or in the no, African like they're Safari? called like the, the mountain lions, are a, a type of cougar. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Right, it's only sort of technically by name. Yeah, it's a funny choice. I wonder how. Like, I mean, I sort of. It's funny how the names have just lined up with me. Like, my guy's name was King. I get, uh, I randomly pick a country, UK, and then make the connection afterwards, like, Kingdom. King is literally in the name. Then I get drafted by a team whose logo is, like, the king of the jungle, Lions. So, funny. If, if, if there's no real Halifax Raiders connection to the name King, but it's uh, sort of been funny how the names worked out. 
Yeah, same with Thomason, you know, Thomason, Pride, same thing, you know? Yeah, that's true. There you go. There's a one-on-one connection. Alonzo and Pride, it's uh, it's meant to be. We're all going to end up together. Cool. Well, thanks for joining our show. We've somehow, we did it again. Not quite as bad as two hours, but um, we want to keep the viewers engaged and, uh, you know, keep it... uh, Fairly as concise as we can, stick to our hour. But so hour and twenty minutes. Thanks guys for listening. Argar Bargar, thanks for having us. Actually, sorry, one more question. What's the what's the history of that name? Argar Bargar. Where does that come from? Does that have anything well, to do with your name? My first name and last name. Um, okay. That was just me and my fiance. Um, kind of got into. I don't remember the exact origin of it. Um, it's mainly because my last name is. Um, is Garbarino. Okay. And so, and my, like, it's hard to explain, but it's all related to my first, middle, and last name. And it all kind of fits okay, in a way sense. that I find funny. I'm not going to explain it all to you because it's kind of boring. <laughs> and yeah, you give away that. too much personal information and everyone's going to start looking you up online. They can look me up all they want. I'm, I am not... I'm so boring that it's not even worth looking me up. Yeah, I was the same. Like, I gave away a lot of personal information when I joined, like pretty quickly. I just didn't care, um, and I was like, I don't know. There's nothing right. exciting about me. If you Google my name, it like comes up. It's pretty my... good. It's a pretty good Google search. I mean, there's like some <laughs> photos of me when I'm younger that I I wish would disappear. Um, but was it that one photo of uh of the rap group or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was just like. <laughs> This like fourteen year old I knew, he's my friend. Uh, he was like, "Hey, can you come in?" Uh, I was like seventeen at the time, maybe eighteen. And he's like, uh, "Can you come be in this rap video that I'm going to do for this faith film contest?" And I was like, "Sure." Uh, I, I had no expectation it was going to go anywhere. Long story short, video blows up, becomes popular, wins the foundation contest thing. Tony Blair flies the whole group out to come meet him and like hand us the award. It's on CBC. Uh, and there's like on CBC, I'm watching a video of me dressed up like ridiculously, uh, rapping. And I was like, Oh my God, how did this happen? <laughs> so that's, that's my only real claim to fame. Besides for that, I'm just a boring graduate student who studies quantum physics at Waterloo. I think that's going to be the end of, uh, yeah. of this. Okay. Well, thanks again. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get you again in the future on in the show. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you recreate. Yeah, happy to be here. And uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to my recreate tearing up the league. Yeah, hopefully on the same team. Yeah, all right, see you.